champions. Hello and welcome to Bears on Tap, your number one stop for all things for your 2018 NFC North Division champion, Chicago Bears. I am your host, Patrick Kaminsky. I'm joined today by Brandon Suarez and Aaron Parper. It's time to crack them and get caught up on the Bears. Gentlemen, how you doing tonight? Feeling pretty good about this season. Training Fantastic. camp just started. Yeah, a lot of things to get excited about. We got the very first episode ever of Bears on Tap, so uh, I'll I'll drink to that. That's something to get really excited about. Excited to get started off with you guys. Um, you know, we're coming off the big year last year. There's never a better time now to get on the ground floor running in with all this Bears coverage. Um, you know, you can follow us on Twitter at Bears on Tap. Got a lot of things going on. Aaron, you've been over at uh, training camp the last three days. I joined you there. Um, you know, Brandon, you and I, we've both been pumping out the articles, as has Aaron. A lot of fun over here. Um, but just first and foremost, um, I think it, we'd do ourselves a nice service if we just kind of personally introduce ourselves to our listeners here. So if either one of you wants to take it away. As for me, I've been following this team since pretty much about 2000, you know, um, quite some time now but you know for me that's that's the base of it for football you know I'm 29 years old recently married you know so lots going on in my household and it won't be stopping anytime soon yeah so about me I'm 25 years old I've been watching the Bears for as long as I can remember probably about three four years old uh you know my my father he was a Rams fan my mom never really cared for football I kind of became a Bears fan just due to proximity and it's just stuck with me um, it's something that's part of my identity. I watch every game, you know, I'm in on all the articles, all the scoops. And now that I've been presented this opportunity with ONTAP Sportsnet, you know, I'm able to write articles for them and now we're able to do a podcast. So I think it's a pretty cool opportunity to get some content out there and get the people what they want. Yeah, definitely. That's great to hear from, uh, you guys. Um, as for myself, I guess I am the, uh, younger skater among us. Um, I'm 22 recent Illinois State graduate, uh, just starting up in the uh, career force and whatnot. But in the meantime, you know, we're having a lot of fun doing the coverage here with the Bears. Uh, some of you might recognize me from over at the Four Feathers podcast where we cover the Blackhawks. Um, and then, you know, I do the occasional socks on tap as I'm a pretty pretty big White Sox fan as well. So, uh, you know, this is something new that we should all get really excited about, you know. This is a Bears town after all, and uh, you know the Bears might be the best team in this town. So, you know, um, but now I think I think we could do ourselves a favor here, and if we uh, maybe we'll just go round the table and uh, share our favorite memory. All right. So for me, uh, my all-time favorite Bear, I throw a kind of throw it back just a tad bit in my days. We were actually talking about this at uh, training camp on Sunday with uh, Buzz. I was a big Mike Brown fan. Um, I don't know that type of position, you know, safety got me into football. That's, uh, just a position I love. So in due time, I would say probably Eddie Jackson would take that over in a couple of years. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of us too are all, you know, I know for myself, an all time favorite moment would be Devin Hester's, uh, kickoff return in the Super Bowl, and absolutely nothing after that fact. But, uh, you know, stuff like that, you know, your Erlacher days, you know, 
Tillman a little bit with the punch out. You know, that was a very popular thing to watch. But I'd go with Hester on the return and absolutely nothing after. Yeah, and for me, uh, I'm going to piggyback off that one. I would actually have to go with Charles Tillman. Growing up, um, until about 2005 or 2001, you know, won the division that year, and then they eventually went back to the Super Bowl for Super Bowl 41. We didn't have a lot to root for. We didn't have good teams. The offense, you know, was a carousel at quarterback. Didn't have a lot of power at the receiver or the running back position. So we've always been a defensive city, a defensive town. Growing up, yeah, I would have to say Peanut Tillman was one of my favorite players. The Peanut Punch, obviously some you remember, some you tried to emulate in your game when you were out there playing football. Um, and then as far as memories, my memory would just have to be Super Bowl 41 as a whole. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to attend that Super Bowl uh, with my brother and my mom. Uh, it's something, you know, as a football wow. fan, that's the holy grail of football. Um, you, you know, not too many people get to say that they got to go to that and whether it was a win or a loss, you know, it's something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Uh, looking back on it, though, and the saltiness, I believe I was 13 years old. I did not see the Vince Lombardi trophy in person. Uh, did not see Wade Manning hoist that shit up with my heart, uh, just hanging in the balance. So we definitely rode out a little early on that one. Uh, but as far as the Bears go, we got to embrace this time, best time in uh, probably about the last five or ten years to be a Bears fan. And we have a young core set up to uh, bring home some division titles and hopefully a Super Bowl title, in my opinion. So, hell yes. Yeah. And as for me, I would probably, you know, not to copy it, but, you know, Charles Tillman's always been my favorite as well. There's just, there's nothing that you can really dislike about the guy. You know, this is a defensive town. And I think we all just love the kind of guys who go out there. Peanut played hard every down, you know, the peanut punch. Just everything, breeded on taking the ball away, whether those were interceptions or the forced fumbles, and then he'd recover it and find ways to run it back. He was just, he had a big personality. You know, you never really, you just never hear anything bad about Peanut, and, you know, those are the kind of guys that you like to root for. Um, I still have the jersey. I still try and wear it every now and again, because when you got a guy like Peanut Tillman, you really don't need to even update it. You know, it's just a classic. And then as for a favorite memory, um, you know, I feel like we're start we're going to start pumping in some new favorite memories luckily in the past like decade there really hasn't been too many it's been a lot of heartache for us but you know we're on the uptick now but as for a favorite memory I would go back to that 06 season as well and I would go to that game in Arizona on Monday night football when they were down uh really down to, like something like 23 to nothing at halftime and they just come back Erlacher has about 20 some odd tackles in the game uh, you had Robbie Gold with the game-winning field goal. Just all these things. Just a, the offense was terrible. Rex Grossman didn't show up as if he was ever, you know, showing up. But just you watch the defense and special teams with Hester uh, returning the one punt, and then just everything that came back. Like that game was absolutely insane, and that's just an all-time classic. That's one that you'll still try and dig up the old YouTube highlights on. It was just awesome, and, you know, it's going to take a lot for something to top that game for me. Yeah, and I think one of the all-time sound bites is Dennis Green after that game in the press conference. Light yeah. the press. Talk, let him off the hook. <laughs> we See, are who was, they thought they were. <laughs> it's funny because I did have that article. Dennis Green. Yeah, I have that article up, too, on the site oh, yeah, uh, of that game because that was one. You're right. You know, I forget about that one, you know, about that. It's just it's funny that, you know, that offense was so bad that you could still win a game like that and be 
in that position to still put up, you know, points. And I don't, I'm surprised though, out of this whole time, nobody did picks, you know, pick Rex as their uh, favorite bear of all time. It's kind of upsetting. I don't know what he did to anybody wrong, but you know, Actually, in recent Rex Grossman news, Rex Grossman has actually been on call doing uh, fantasy football announcements for uh, eighty to hundred dollars a call. He'll announce your whole fantasy football draft for you. So if you want to, you know, get in touch oh, wow. with, Se- yeah, if you want to get in touch with Sexy Rexy, uh, if you want him to get in touch with your fantasy football league, I definitely think there's an avenue for that for Bears fans out there. Can yeah, well, can might for just eighty dollars? I mean, <laughs> can mine be what free though? If I it might be free if I end up calling and, you know, telling them my team name is Sexy Rexy. At least might get a discount. Uh, I'm half off. I'll take it. I believe we have an opportunity to become the premier Rex Grossman podcast. Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll get him on. We'll yeah. get him on, like, episode six for, like, you know, the pick six connection. But, <laughs> uh, six, yeah, definitely. Because he could never put up touchdowns. Oh, no, yeah. Big hand. Big handoff, 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 punt. Big Ten football. That's what you do when you got Thomas Jones in the backfield. You just hand it off, and then Cedric Benson comes along and screws that up for you. But uh, speaking of Thomas Jones, he's got to be top, top three, top five in my favor. Yeah, Thomas Jones was Thomas Jones was out of this world awesome. That's another one that you hated to just see. The Bears pretty much gave him away for uh, nothing because they had all this belief in Cedric Benson, and that one didn't turn out too good. Oh, I enjoyed Thomas Jones as well. Just a good, hard running back. Talking about the 06 Bears, you know, we're like the older generation just hanging on to 85 here. But, you know, the 06 team was our flavor. But now let's uh, let's turn it back to the current Bears. And, uh, you know, after last season, there were some changes that had to be made. And uh, Ryan Pace had a big offseason ahead of him. And uh, if we just we'll talk, we'll try and talk about quickly recap this offseason. Um there was some. There was kind of mixed reviews on Ryan Pace's off off season. I thought he was kind of handcuffed in what he could do. The Bears didn't have that much cap space. They really didn't have a whole lot of draft picks. And I thought for how limited Ryan Pace was, I thought they did a pretty good job. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but you know we could just scroll through. We'll scroll through some of the additions and subtractions, and then uh, we'll get your guys' thoughts on it. So you know, in the draft, we've seen them get uh, you know David Montgomery. They drafted uh, Riley Ridley, um, Duke Shelley, and then an, out in free agency, they added another running back in Mike Davis. They got Cordero Patterson, who's probably you're probably going to see him featured, you know, in the receiver role, maybe a little bit in the running back role, like he played um, in Bill Belichick's offense out there in New England. Um, they draft, they uh, signed Buster Screen to replace Bryce Callahan in the slot corner position, and then uh, obviously. Um, we we pick up Chuck Pagano to be the defensive coordinator after um, Vic Fangio became the head coach of the Denver Broncos. And then, two, we also lose Adrian Amos in free agency to the Green Bay Packers. Um, Bryce Callahan goes with Fangio out there to Denver. Jordan Howard gets traded to the Eagles, you know, that team that broke our heart. And then Cody Parkey, thank God, is on the subtraction column here we will no longer have to see mr double doink so uh yeah yeah, maybe we if brandon if you want to lead us off and we can talk about maybe some of the additions that you're the most excited for yeah so my thing is too and we also we basically swapped out haha even though he was traded mid-season to the washington redskins i think that's a good value pickup 
Obviously, Amos Amos wanted, I think his annual average value was $7.5 to $9 million a year. That's just something that we could not afford. And with HaHa Clinton-Dix, he has actually, you know, he played at Alabama. He played with Eddie Jackson. So they have that camaraderie and that chemistry. They've played together in the same defense. Buster Screen is another addition that I'm excited about. Spent some time with the Cleveland Browns. Also spent some time with the New York Jets. Uh, the past few seasons, he's been a solo tackle machine. He's been able to get to the ball carrier. He's been able to wrap up. He's good with technique. He also can lay the wood. Um, Cordero Patterson, another one, New England Patriots. Like you said, Pat, he was featured a little bit in some backfield sets. I had wrote a piece about him. A lot of his sets, he was featured in high formation. He did have some end arounds and some reverses, and he was able to uh, get some time in at punt returning and kick returning. So that's another thing that I think with – Tariq Cohen and Cordero Patterson back there returning kicks, that's something that teams are not going to want to do. Um, as far as the offensive side of the ball, uh, like Aaron, Aaron's been pretty good with the uh, Bears training camp content. He's been putting out, you know, tweets. You know, he can't really take videos there, but he's been like the play-by-play guy that we've had, especially here at On Tap. Uh, Montgomery, he's real hard to tackle. He's prototypical running back size. I don't have the exact measurables right in front of me, but um, I'm hearing a lot of people saying that he's reminding them of Jordan Howard. So I think Montgomery is something that you're going to want to watch out for here this season. And then uh, another one on offense, Mike Davis is huge. He is uh, he's a bruiser back. He is just hard to bring down. He uh, He's going to be featured probably in goal line sets. He could, I think if he works his ass off in training camp, could see a potential position battle with Tariq Cohen. But uh Right now, I think that's Tariq Cohen's job to lose. Obviously, with the size at 5'6", 170, 180, it's a little bit of an issue in every down, but this is a uh, team that's not built for a three-down back. You're going to see a little bit of everyone and even Cordero Patterson thrown in there. And then uh, as far as HaHa Clinton-Dix, I just think for the value, in comparison to what we would have had to pay for Amos, um, I think it's a good deal. The one that hits, ho- that hits home the most, I think, the one that I'm most disappointed about is losing Bryce Callahan. That's a player that you saw come up in the system. He was with us when we were terrible. Uh, couldn't win a game. He was always solid, hard-hitting, good in coverage. I think for PFF, he's always been one of the top-rated corners here the last few years. So I think that's that's one we're going to pay for in our, uh, in our, I think it's week 10 or week 11 matchup against the Denver Broncos. We're definitely going to be seeing him and Fangio this year. So Yeah, no, those are all, all really good points. I thought the same thing with uh... – um, I like that. I like that you have confidence in Buster Screen coming in because I have him as one of my one of my spots that I'm worried about. Mostly just because I was such a big Bryce Callahan guy. But um, if I like that, I like that we're seeing a little confidence in Buster Screen. Aaron, what were some of the things that you liked about the off season? Uh, when it comes to this off season, you know, like you said, the biggest thing was the money aspect of it all. There was not much you could do with the lack of money you had. So. You did what was right, and my favorite thing this offseason is the fact that most of your issues are in the back end of your roster. So when it's the back end of your roster, you're only able to carry 46 on game day. So those couple spots that you're concerned about are guys that aren't even going to be active on game day. So you got you had a couple spots. The biggest holes, obviously, that were filled were with Amos leaving and then Bryce Callahan leaving. Other than that, there wasn't much of a loss in those other areas. I have confidence in Buster Screen more than I think a lot of people do. And I did enjoy Bryce Callahan. Good for him to go get paid because after everything he's done here, he does deserve that. But I think 
uh, Buster Screen fits this defense that Pagano is bringing even more. Maybe Bryce could have still fit, but I think you're going to see a lot of blitzes from Buster Screen. You know, a lot of the only thing that I have fear of is he's very handsy. So I hope, I hope that he keeps those hands down and we are not getting a lot of flags, you know, on defense this year because that's going to kick us in the long run, keeping that defense on the field more. Um, I mean, for me, the the one that I'm the most excited about is obviously David Montgomery, like a lot of people. Um, but that, I, that just watching him, he's going to be some, he's going to be something decent there. I just think that, you know, the thing that concerns me is I worry about not having a total power back when it comes to the playoffs and we're playing in the cold in Chicago or cold somewhere else. You're not going to have somebody that's a pure power guy. That's going to be able to run right down the middle. Um, I did see a lot of up the middle type runs, uh, today with even Cohen and Davis and Montgomery a lot at camp today. Yesterday was quite some work on the outside. You saw a couple jet sweeps over there with Patterson. So like I said in the article yesterday is you're going to see that one a lot. I think, uh, think that play is not going anywhere in this offense. Instead of Josh Bellamy, it's going to be Cordero Patterson where Bellamy should not have been running those last year. But um, Bellamy other- doesn't belong on a roster, so. Well, you know, he's going to have, uh, you know, some big-time playtime over there in New York. He's a win and got paid, though. you got to respect that. Two years, $7 million, so it is yeah, I can't, it is. I, yeah, for the people that left, checks you can get. For those people that left this team and went and got paid, good for you other than Amos because um, I've does. said it a lot. You, you leave and you go to the Packers, you're 110% dead to me. Um, maybe we'll do a live burning Jersey cause I still have a Peppers Jersey stashed underneath somewhere in a closet. I just don't want to get rid of it. Cause it's one of the, uh, old school 19. What is that one? The forties one or whatever with the orange lettering. Oh yeah. So it's Beautiful. one of the nice ones, but I just, I, I can't wear it anymore. You know, no. he left and he, he went to the, you know, the dark side land of the land of the cheese, you know? I think that's one thing I'll never do, though, is shame a player. You know, regardless of team, if they're going to go get paid, you know, they only have, you know, the average NFL player career is only three years. For Amos, obviously you hate to see him go to the Packers, but for the money that he was getting, I don't oh, know, yeah, man, yeah. on this earth that would say no. No, you know? yeah. I, I, don't shame, pay him. I don't shame him. I didn't want to pay money. him, yeah. Yeah, I don't shame him for taking the money. Like, good, you've earned it, but yet I don't like where you went. And when David Montgomery, you know, jumps over you or Cohen does a circle around you, I'll be the one sitting here, here on my couch pointing and laughing at you and probably making a gif of it, and it'll be on Twitter in about, you know, five seconds after it happens. Yeah, and so, I think the thing is, too, is with the way our receivers are set up, they're all so fast, I think we're going to be burning past them. So. Yeah, he uh, might be in a little trouble. He might have flashbacks of that uh, god-awful – Miami Dolphins game he had last year when he just missed tackle after tackle up the down the middle of the field. But yeah, diving back into the uh, offseason moves for me, I think the biggest one that I like quite a bit, obviously you like getting Montgomery. I think that's a guy everyone kind of circled on the draft boards as a guy who would be a big fit. Ryan Pace wasn't scared to move up and get him. That's huge. Like You had to get a running back. That was kind of the one glaring thing that you looked at this offseason that they needed to get. But the thing I really kind of like, and I wrote the blog about it, is I like getting Chuck Pagano. 
obviously it's not ideal to lose Vic Fangio. Like, I think, you know, he was touted by many as, you know, the top defensive coordinator in football. You don't really get a defensive guy has a hard time getting a head coaching job nowadays. You got to be really damn good to do that. And he is. And good for him. You know, I don't think anyone was more deserving of a head coaching job than Vic Fangio. You talk about a guy who's put so much time in. Props to him. Awesome. Good for him. I hope I hope all the best things for him out there in Denver. He'll probably he'll probably do good things. But I am I like Chuck Pagano a lot. And I know a lot of people are worried about this defense faltering with him. But I actually think that Pagano I think he has the potential to be a better fit for this defense. Um, overall, just for the fact that he's more of a more of a send pressure kind of guy with the amount of speed and athleticism and everything that you have on this defense, especially in the front seven, especially when you have a guy with just elite speed at inside linebacker with Roquan Smith, and then you have just all this size up front. You have Khalil Mack on one side taking up a double team. Akeem Hicks, no, one, you're not blocking Akeem Hicks with one guy. Leonard Floyd has the potential to have a breakout year this year. When you have all that up front, if you start blitzing Danny Trevathan and uh, Roquan Smith a lot, quarterbacks are going to be in a lot of trouble. They are going to have a second in the world to, to throw the ball. Now you get all this pressure in your face, you're going to start having all these opportunities for Clinton Dix and Eddie Jackson to pick up the pick off the ball. We know Kyle Fuller knows how to pick off the ball. Even Prince of Mukamara had a couple last year. Like I think this defense is going to be even more dangerous this year because I think Pagano's going to put them in the situations be, to be dangerous every now and again. Like, Fangio was a little more laid back, and he kind of let the offense come at them, and he made his adjustments, and he was kind of a bend but don't break. But while you still had all that pressure up front, I think Fangio is going to be in their face, and he's going to be sending pressure, and he is going to be the one attacking. He's not going to let it come at him. That's not to say Fangio was wrong for what he did. Obviously, it worked out. The Bears were the number one defense last year. But I think this year you can just wreak a little bit more havoc with these guys, put them in the right situations. And I'm excited to watch it because there weren't many things more fun to watch than last year's defense. But I think this year's defense can be maybe even a little bit more exciting and a little bit better. So I don't know what you guys think about that, but I, I'm a big, big fan of Chuck Pagano coming on board. I don't think you could have had a really a better hire there if you're going to lose Fangio. Absolutely not. Uh, if you were replacing Fangio, I mean, that's that's a perfect – flip over to that because exactly like we said me and you had this conversation to a camp is like this fits better because you want to wreak havoc with this defense you have like you said you have all that stuff you have all that speed you know you had it a couple times last year where you're scratching your head when you're seeing Khalil Mack drop back in coverage or Leonard Floyd back yep. up in coverage and it's not to to say that you shouldn't do that once in a while to throw a you know a loophole at somebody but Khalil Mack should be rushing the passer 99.99999 time, you know, percent of the time, every every chance you get, because that's what he's good at. The, you don't need to drop the guy into coverage. You have Smith for that. You have Danny Trevathan for that. You have, you know, you're going to have two guys. I think I, I saw it somewhere on Twitter the other day as they've been saying a lot of the times in camp, and I've seen it too, you know, being there, is they're playing a lot of single high safety. So expect a lot of you know chances for even safety blitzes and you know safe you know lower safety coverage you're going to have a one high with somebody in the middle you know obviously you can get away with that when you have an elite talent that can run from the middle of the field to the sideline out of nowhere like Eddie Jackson did you know against that you know the 
in the uh, Cardinals game last year. That off topic for a second, one of the best plays of the year last year. That play when he went from half, you know, the middle of the field to the other side of the, you know, field to get that interception. Something like that with, you know, you know, with haha rushing, you know, the passer or something like that. You're going to be able to create so much more um, issues with that. And I think that it's like you said, Pagano fits perfectly. You could not have had a better hire. Yeah, and in my opinion, you know, the way the NFL has been the last few years, teams are going out and hiring project guys. Arizona Cardinals, they went out. They hired Cliff Kingsbury. He went 5-7 and seven in the Big 12 last year. I, I want to have something to my already playoff contending team that has a proven track record of making the playoffs and succeeding in the NFL. I don't want to pick someone up out of college. I don't want to pick someone up out of anywhere else, any of these other leagues, the CFL, anything like that. I want someone who has a blueprint to do it in the NFL and at this point I think we have a good enough defense you mentioned you know the single high safety we got you know we have the horses in the stable to play man coverage and as a football player you know that's you know one-on-ones man coverage that's something that you love that's man-on-man who's the better person you know anybody can beat a scheme you look at teams like the Patriots they're able to beat schemes week in and week out and that's why they've been so successful I think one of the interesting things about the Bears defense is top to bottom all 11 you got some all-pro players on there. Akeem Hicks is a monster up front. Khalil Mack, like you said, you don't need to drop him into coverage. You have him rushing the passer every single play. He got lucky a couple times last year, like the Deshaun Kaiser play against Green Bay. Uh, he got that's a pick just, six on that. That's just because Kaiser sucks, but that's it's, a different oh, topic. <laughs> going on my note. But, yeah, Kaiser, Kaiser is not a successful NFL quarterback. Go back to Notre Dame. He was a lot better. but that's He's going to be MVP of the Super Bowl someday, he said. Yeah. Yeah, if you put me with Deshaun Kaiser on Madden, I'll win you. But uh, back back to this rookie, then. No, only all men, (laughs) only all men. But my thing is, is is you know, with this defense, Eddie Jackson, I will sit anytime, any place, and argue with anyone. Best safety in the NFL. I think you know it's great that the NFL ranked him thirty, but I think he's higher. I think he had one of the most incredible seasons as a safety last season. Um, total steal, fourth-round pick. Like, that's someone that we are able to build around. You have him for cheap for a couple of years. We'll have time to build players that fit the scheme. For example, like HaHa Clinton Dix, he's on a one-year prove-it deal. you got to make sure that, you know, he was, he was good in Green Bay. I don't really know what the issue was there, why they traded him to Washington. I think it was contract issues. They didn't want to pay him. I think it was coming up on the end of his deal. But as far as our defense goes, Buster Screen, I think, you know, he's going to be able to fill that slot spot adamant enough to the point where we're not going to skip a beat missing Bryce Callahan because I think that's a big piece that we're going to miss. You know, for example, that touchdown at the end of the NFC Divisional round uh, or the wild card round, I believe, um, where, you know, Golden Tate's on the goal line. You got Sherrick McManus and man coverage on him. Sherrick McManus. Northwestern graduate, hate to do it to my brother, but that's not the guy that you want down there in the playoffs in crunch time covering Golden Tate. Uh, happens to be a Notre Dame receiver. It is what it is. That that touchdown broke my heart, and I look back at some things that the Bears did last season. You know, you have Cravon LeBlanc, also Philadelphia Eagle, made some plays in that game last year. Even if you have that guy in there making those plays, it's something, you know, they kept Marcus Cooper last year, who I don't even – you know, is even rostered in the NFL at this point. He might still be with us. I don't believe so. But, you know, the Bears have an opportunity. They have something great. They have 
the formula. You saw the Rams reach the Super Bowl last year with a relatively solid defense, but their quarterback is on his rookie deal. We have the time, we have the money, we have the players, we have the coaches. We need to capitalize on this now. I believe this year is probably the best year in, let's say, yeah, since 2006. I mean, last year they caught us by storm. I believed in the beginning of the year we were, you know, going to be somewhere around at the at the very worst six and ten. But I think they had the, you know, capability of going ten and six, and they proved us all wrong. They went twelve and four. You know, that was one of the most fun football seasons that, in, you know, endured as a fan. Every week it was something new. Always a new hero on the defense. You know, like you said, Prince Amakamura is making plays. Kyle Fuller's making plays. He earned his money, and I think you know, as far as players like Akeem Hicks. He, I think he should be higher on the list, too, but, you know, people will say that's bias. As far as the Bears go, we have the number one defense in the league. No one is even in the same, you know, stratosphere, in my opinion. And as long as Mitch and the offense take care of it, it's going to be a fun year. So You know, and I, I just want to say real quick, one name to bring up that I should have brought up when we talked about offseason additions, that, you know, it's a big thing that, Ryan Pace has to continue to nail is these mid-round picks again, because with all these deals coming up, you know, you have, you got to keep nailing these middle picks to keep growing this team because it's all it's majorly about. But I really do like Duke Shelley. I did a lot of, you know, checking up on him when the draft came and stuff. I actually have somebody I have followed me on Twitter and he is a big uh, Kansas State fan. And with him coming from there, I asked him straight up, I'm like, because he watches every game and everything like that. I was like, what are we getting from him? And he said, you're getting a player that's going to show up and try his damnedest every time he's there, every chance he gets, and he's a good, solid player. So, you know, that's what you want on this team is somebody that's going to be there and give everything every single chance he gets. And, you know, watching him the last couple days, you see him growing. Yes, it's going to be a little bit of a project, but you got to keep building this team now with – these core players that you're going to have to pay eventually, you got to start building this team through the draft. It can't be like the Packers are going to try and do now who are trying to scapegoat by signing players that only have four and a half sacks in a year to big money deals, which is absolutely crazy. My thing is, is I don't, I don't have the stat right in front of me, but a majority of players that are in the NFL right now are all players that were either undrafted or late round picks. So those are the players that, that are, you know, those are the lunch pail guys. Those are the gritty guys. Those are the guys that are going to come to work, give you everything they got, lay it all out on the line, and we need good character guys. I think one of the things that, you know, isn't talked about a lot is the fact that we have a extremely good locker room, and there's no bad apples in there. Everybody gets along with everyone. There's no issues. We're not in the media. We had Martellus Bennett and stuff like that. It's, it's a team that everyone gets along with each other. They believe in the pieces that Ryan Pace has brought in, and they believe in the system that Matt Nagy and Chuck Pagano are, in, you know, installing. So, I think I think it's a good opportunity to build off something that we haven't seen in a very long time. And everyone on this team is very young. So, I, I put out a blog. I think it was about a week ago, where you know I said, "See y'all in February." I said what I said. I think this is the best team in the NFC. I don't care if the Saints are coming to Chicago. We're going to beat them. If we got to go to New Orleans, it is what it is. And I was at that Rams game last My dad is one of the biggest St. Louis first, uh, Los Angeles, St. Louis. He's been with them. He's not as old as Cleveland, but he's been with the Rams like 1968. And 
that was definitely dope to see, you know, one of the best offenses in the league come into Chicago, bare weather, and we just shut them down. There was, was no a, answer. That was a great game to go to. Oh, yeah. Honestly, probably, yeah. If, if you got to look back at it, I think I think you wrote a blog, but that was, I think, the best game of the season. Because that, and we have about five of those games this year. That's one of those games where you say hey, hey to the entire NFL and you prove to everyone that you're a contender. I think games like that against the Chiefs, the Chargers, we got the Rams again and the Eagles this year. And I think there's one or two more games on year, on, on the schedule this year that are just like that. Um, it's a playoff environment. And I think, you know, bear weather late in the season. It's cold. Teams like that from L.A. and, you know, Kansas City, they got bad weather. But L.A., San Diego, you know, anywhere out in the West Coast, Arizona. Even New where, Orleans with the dome. Well, New Orleans, yeah. In New Orleans, they don't they don't come out to Chicago. They don't travel well. Drew Brees, he oh. yeah, historically he he hasn't played well on the road and and he's beat They've us at home know. field a lot. Well, and that's the thing, you know, if you got to go down there, you know, good that's good thing tough. the Rams had the refs on their side this year, but, <laughs> but hey, and that's something we won't speak about. They got to the Super Bowl, but, but you know the Saints on the road; they're not the same team, and I don't, I don't think their defense is is all that it's cracked up to be. So, but you know what I was gonna say with the, uh, you know, the Rams game, like you were saying, you know, we did after that game, you started to get a little more national um, attention, but you still had the massive doubters of people sitting there saying, well, you know, they just the only reason they beat them is the Rams couldn't deal with the cold. You know, they they couldn't deal with the cold. They could they didn't come to play. It's like. No, you got shut down by a great defense who obviously, when you sat there and watched the Super Bowl, it came out after the Super Bowl that, you know, Belichick took some of the Bears' plans in order to beat the Rams. So what does that yeah. tell you right there? That is the best damn they defense do. in the NFL when you got Belichick saying it in the middle of a game that he took kind of the whole scheme of how that game went for the Bears and he did the same thing to shut that team down. It wasn't just the weather. They got shut down by the better defense. I, I I love this sport, but the game has not changed yet. People think, oh, it's all about putting these points up. But when it comes down to the nitty-gritty of the playoffs, defense is still going to win you a game. I don't care if you try to put up 45 points a la Chiefs-Rams game BS crap. It's not that anymore. That was an arena football game. <laughs> it was it was all NFL money right there. This is purely still a defensive game when it comes down to the end. So yeah, all great points there. And like, you know, there were so many great games last year, and like you said, Brandon, there's gonna be a whole bunch of those games this year, and we're gonna do a full season preview on our second episode. So take a look out for that. We're gonna do a deep dive. We're gonna try and we'll try and hold do a re do a preview on all 16 games but now it is time to move into our next segment and our next segment is going to be a recurring segment on you know at, at least every week we're going to do it's called tell me something good, tell me something good. so what we're going to do is we're going to find these little obscure things moments that flew under the radar that we liked a lot and we're going to talk about them so this week will be this week we'll we'll do it over the off season. So, uh, Aaron, if you want to lead us off, just a little obscure thing that happened in the off season that you thought you liked a lot that maybe didn't get a whole lot of attention, or you know maybe it did, but you know just something that you liked. 
Uh, Strictly Bears. Uh, didn't get much media attention. Was cutting that lame. Didn't get enough attention. Straight yeah. up. That's definitely that's something good. Brandon, tell me something good. I think you know, along with the Cody Parkey story, I think the what was what was the show that he went on? Was it The View or Good Morning America? Good Morning America. So my thing is, is I remember Nagy had a quote, and it was the reason why we cut him is that was an I thing, not a we thing. And I think the thing is, is as a kicker, you have, and you know, the NFL is different now. Some teams have place kickers, some teams have field goal kickers. Sometimes, sometimes that's your only job that you just have to go out and kick field goals. You have two jobs. As a football player, it's tough to see you go out, you grind it for 59 minutes, and you lose on a kick. You lose your whole season. You lose an opportunity to go and play in the Super Bowl because that team was as good as any team in the NFC. And you saw they went down to the one-yard line last year against the Patriots with Kevin White catching that ball and being tackled on the one. So it's one of those things that as a what, not a what-if guy, but, you know, you look at all the different scenarios that can play out in the course of a game and in the course of a season. And, yes, the narrative is we don't want to be in that position, and that's, that's the attitude this year. We're not going to be in that position where we have to rely on, you know, you know Elliot Fry or Eddie Pinero to kick that field goal to win the game. So we want to be leaving no doubt in our opponent's mind that we are, you know, the superior, you know, team and we're going to go out and win every week. You don't want it to have to come down to, you know, a 50-yard or a 40-yarder. And for whatever reason, the 43-yarder is the kryptonite for the Chicago Bears. It's an odd it's an odd amount. I've seen high school kickers. I've had semi-pro kickers that I've played with. I've seen arena kickers. I've seen freaking people on the Internet kick that shit. It's not that far of a field goal. I understand we have an uh, – it's not an ideal playing surface for an NFL team. There's always issues with it. People complain about it. Players complain about it. People get hurt on it. But at the end of the day, as being the Chicago Bears kicker, you wouldn't go into a job that you know you're not qualified for, and they wouldn't hire you if you weren't for it. You need to be able to kick in that cold weather. You need to be able to kick in windy city conditions because this is the windy city, for Christ's sake. And at the end of the day, you have to have – the mental capacity and the ability to have the ear-to-ear strength up in your mind that you can go out and kick any field goal because people can kick 43-yard field goals in any weather, and the thing is that that stops them at the end of the day is it's a mental thing. Cody Parkey, he hit that first one, right? They called a timeout. At the end of the day, I knew once he hit that first one, he's like he, he was already freaking out that he was going to miss the second one, and sure as hell, he missed the second one to the tune of a double doink. And as a Bears fan, there's been no moment since the Super Bowl in 2006 that has just, it almost left me speechless. I, I, I was at work. I drove home, 30-minute drive. Don't text me. Don't call me. I couldn't listen to the press conference and none of that, bro. It was an absurd moment and an obscene moment to have after such a, a glorious and surprising season. So, Me and Buzz were at that game, and... Uh... I must say we're six rows up in that north end zone, and uh, unfortunately, uh, that sound still to this very day. I'm trying to get over it. Once once the first kickoff happens against Green Bay, and somebody hits Aaron Rodgers and takes him out for that game for the rest of the day, maybe it'll change. But that sound of that double doink still plays in my head. I'm glad I'm not asked about it that much anymore. But uh, that was the toughest walk out of a stadium, toughest ride home. I think 
There were very few words said between me and Buzz on the way home. Um, not going to say any tears were shed, but uh, that was that was the worst moment I've ever been to a game on, and uh, hope to never see that again. Say so the tear ducts were warming up, but yeah, it was moments that you know I've seen Pat tweeted. I tweeted, "You hate sports. You absolutely hate them." And for those moments right there, but you love them for those moments when they go right. So it's one of those things that you got to take the good with the bad. I think the thing is, is it's we're in our window, so we will get other opportunities to make things like that happen again. And from everyone's narrative, and from all the people that have been, you know, speaking with the media at camp. They're not going to be in that situation this year. They're going to be, you know, hopefully six, seven, ten points ahead, and we could just give Matt Nagy his Gatorade shower early. I would go off of that, too, just because if your offense is supposed to be as good as you're saying they're going to be this year, you definitely will not have to rely on that kicker 24-7 to be making these. But you do want to make sure you have the right one in place. And I will say from being the first three days of camp, I'm going to pay attention these next two days when it's not open to the public and see how everybody's been doing. But uh, that's the biggest thing right now is we're in a good position with both of these guys being as good as they have been. I will say, I, I will say this now, I will go out on a limb. Um, I've been asked a lot by my father-in-law uh, the last couple of days as to which kicker I like the most. And I've been saying whichever one makes their kicks, but I like Eddie Pinero's swagger a little bit more and his drive because he told the coaches uh yesterday that he wanted you know on on uh, sunday that he wanted the 63 he wasn't going to go for the 60 like fry did he wanted better so that to me shows hey i'm trying to make that one step further than you are and I just think that's the route I want to go on that. Like I, I want somebody that wants to push themselves. And he even came out the other day and said that he felt like he was given away for change. So you can tell he wants to prove something. Yeah. And I would, I would have to say, you got to love the competitive attitude and the competitive spirit. Elliot Fry, a little bit of a journeyman. He was in the Alliance of America as recent as this spring. Uh, he actually played with Apollos, but I think, you know, I'll agree with you on that. With Panero, he, I believe he went to uh, University of Florida, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. And it's something that, you know, he hasn't gotten, you know, he may have gotten his first check, but his checks aren't cashing for that much. So he's got a lot to prove as much as Elliot Fry does as well. But I think it's something that in the terms of a competition, you got to keep outdoing your opponent. And if you're just out there banging field goals, I think you got to go for the 63. Um if it's something you know you can't hit, you still got to go for it because at the end of the day, there's one spot, two kickers, one of those guys is going home, and they're going to be kicking field goals on Instagram. So, I'm just going to say this real quick. Pat, screw you for having that double doink in the background right there. Is, yeah, is that what he's watching? I can't tell. You got the NFL Yeah, it was that double there, doink. Right, right as you Dude, said, nail that bastard. field goal, I see double doink. I'm like, God dang it. He's uh, trying to get over that still. Yeah, I actually had one of uh, in one of my comms classes. I go to Northern Illinois. I had the um, the photographer that took the actual picture that was featured in the newspaper. Oh. He pull, he pulls it out in class, and I'm like, ah, don't show me that. <laughs> I can't look at that. That is that is one of the worst moments of my Chicago Bears fan history. So, Pat, do you have anyone that sticks out for you at the kicker spot right now, or is it still kind of split down the middle in this point? 
Yeah, I think as we looked at it, I think both those guys in the two days that they got, they both got their own. I thought that they were both pretty good. Like, uh, Fry kind of set, like, he set the bar in day one where he wasn't supposed to kick from 60, and he asked for 60, and he made it. Good for him. And then Pinero comes out there. Now, he has pressure on him because Fry had a good day. And it's nice to see in day two, which is day one for uh, Pinero, that he has pressure on him. And he responded as well. You know, he only missed one out of the, uh, did he end up taking 10? or He took eight. And it's impressive that, like, you know, he, Fry set the bar and Pinero set it even higher. So that's what you want. So, like, right now, I would guess that you'd have to say that these guys are pretty much even. And, like, neither of them could have did a whole lot more than what they did. Um, And it's early. It's really early. So, obviously, you're not making decisions in day one or day two. But, you know, this is what you want to see. You want to see these guys try and rip it away from each other. And so far, it's been in a good way that neither of them's ripped it away from the other because they've both been good. So... Now, now, as we kind of, you know, drift into our, uh, we'll, we're going to begin talking about, you know, training camp and AMP. You've been there three straight days, and you and I were there together on Sunday just watching, you know, just watching everything at training camp. It, there was a lot of good things going out there on out there, and it's. I thought it started with the kicking position, and that's what everyone was interested in. You, oh, talk, yeah. about the, you talk about the state of where the Bears are at right now, that you walked into training camp, and the number one story is that kicking position because of Parkey, because of what happened last year. But, you know, so far, so good. And that, you know, God, that feels so good to say because all the reports out of OTAs and everything with those eight guys they brought in that it wasn't oh, going man. well. It wasn't going well for anyone. So it's even good the two we've got. Two, yeah, even those two. Like it was, they just survived, you know. So obviously, we're going to need them to keep this up. It's obviously those two are probably going to last deep into the preseason. Um, so maybe once they get some actual game kicks. Because it's not like when they were kicking in training camp, there was a defensive line standing there in front of them kicking. They were just kicking pretty free. So, you know, maybe we'll, we'll get some more real game scenarios for them to kick in. But other than that, you know, it's been good so far. I don't think you can say there's really a front runner at this point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if you were going to talk about, you know, we planned on talking about the good things that we've seen in training camp. I think it starts there. Um, and then if we kind of transition into it a little more, some good things. I know, Amp, you were there two extra days than I was. I was just there Sunday. But from what I seen on Sunday, I thought someone that really, I think a couple guys really stood out. I thought Mike Davis looked pretty good. We seen him doing the one-on-one blocking drills with some of the linemen coming at him. That man could stand his own. He is strong. He's got that low center of gravity. He he looks like someone who can really play in the pass blocking game which is good to see because the bears last year that was something they really didn't have Tariq cohen just a little too small to be pass blocking and jordan howard seems to get lost out there a little bit um but mike davis looks like mike davis can play um and then i thought if you're going to talk about the battle for that last receiver spot javon Wims stood out and from what i was reading on twitter he stood out again today so that's really good to see that's someone i'd like to see make the roster um, but other than that, you know, I, you were there for the three days. So who else stood up to you? You know, Wims has still, uh, has been really well the last couple of days, all three days I've been there. You just see him <laughs> everywhere on the field and 
You know, you've seen him a lot, too, when they're rolling out like a four wide receiver set, even with the first team. He's been out there with the first team, which a lot of people would like to see. Um, you know, we do. My my concern is, you know, we have a lot of speed on that uh, wide receiver area. We do need some big bodies. At this point, you only have one big body in Allen Robinson. You know, I would like to see maybe, you know, you don't have too much of a red zone threat, I would call it. Um, you would hope at this point with this style of offense, your red zone threat would more lie at your tight end position in Burton. Um, if Shaheen can uh, get off the, you know, cart ever at a game or in practice where he's not, you know, got something wrong with him. Um, real quick off topic, saw him walking out to practice today. And I think um, the old lady in the front row probably could have made it to the practice field quicker than he did. Um, <laughs> he just walked out so slow. I'm like, I understand it's raining and you don't want to maybe tweak your back a little more by stepping on a rock or something. But, um, you know, I think your red zone targets are really going to come from your tight ends this year. Um, just depends who, how many, who you're going to carry stuff like that. Um, you know, that, like you said, that six wide receiver spot's going to be really interesting because you're going to lock it up. Your five, your five guys to start are going to be obviously Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller, uh, Riley Ridley, and Cordero Patterson. Unless for some odd reason they somehow put Patterson at some random position or label him something else, I don't know if you're going to get more than six wide receivers. But there have been a lot of guys that have been pretty eye-opening and, and – Wims is one. I've been impressed with Marvin Hall more on that second team. But yet again, you're looking at another speed guy there, you know, and can the biggest thing that Wims needs this year is can you see him do some stuff on special teams in order to make his spot on this roster more of a permanent spot? Because his downside right now is I don't think you've got too much special teams activity for him. Whereas Marvin Hall was very key on that for Atlanta last season. So that's going to be the battle. There's been some other names that have been, you know, very popular um, on offense. I've seen a lot of Thomas Ives, you know, the undrafted kid this year. I actually was telling somebody today that I think uh, Thomas Ives is going to be the new Tanner Gentry of uh, training camp. Everybody's going to fall in love with this kid, be very upset when he doesn't make the team and goes to the practice squad and does that for a couple of years. Um, but you're in a good position because three years ago, like I told, like I told Comiskey on Sunday, two, three years ago, when you're starting number one wide receiver was Kendall Wright, you're in a better position. Finally, you know, you, that was, that was not ideal. Um, but that's really key for, you know, this team. I think it's nice to see that's all you're worried about is that last spot. Yeah, in my opinion, honestly, I saw a lot of Javon Wims last season, and I believe it was the Week 16 matchup against the Minnesota Vikings last year that he finally saw some action in the regular season. I think with Wims, it's someone that has already been in the system. I think all we need to wait on is the preseason action, and he will flourish in the system. It's something that, yes, in training camp, it, it's going to be up for grabs. Like you said, Amp, uh, the uh, the special. Ability. That's something that, as one of those tweener guys, you have to have that ability to make a 53-man roster. And he was on the practice squad last year. I honestly, uh, you know, 
I think he should have been able, you know, if he had special teams ability, he probably would have been on the 53-man. Uh, he could have competed with Josh Bellamy for that last wide receiver spot. And I think as a rookie last year, he did everything that he needed to do in the preseason. Um, I forgot which team it was that he played. I think it was either the Chiefs. I think it might have been the Chiefs game last year. But he had like 153 yards. Actually, no. It was the Ravens game in the Hall of Fame game that he had, he just he went off the charts. And it was like, this is what you expect when you grab a receiver out of an SEC school. Um, you guys have both brought up Riley Ridley. I think Riley Ridley, um, for picking him up in the fourth round, that's a good value pickup. I think he will fit into the offense right in the area of where Taylor Gabriel does. I don't think he'll compete with him for a spot. But I think there will be sets where you could see him in an end around. Um, he does. He is very well on the 50-50 ball, too. He can go up and grab. You know, he's not a big body guy like Allen Robinson, but he can go up and get the ball. Um, the one thing that I think, you know, you guys have both mentioned is Adam Shaheen. He needs to he needs to figure it out. Um, I don't know if he has, the, you know, the wrong people in his corner that he's training with. It's It's not the Chicago Bears, you know, training staff. It can't be them because, you know, last season we were relatively healthy. Years before, I won't speak on, but last season we were healthy. Um, he's only been with us for a couple of years, and you don't see a lot of him. And even when you do see him, it's it, there's nothing that really jumps off, you know, jumps off the tape that says, "Hey, this is a second-round draft pick from an unknown school somewhere in the Midwest of America that no one's heard of." That is now our, you know, first or second-string tight end. I think Trey Burton was a good addition. Um, Regardless of what happened for that playoff game last year, whether he was hurt or if it was an anxiety issue, I think all season he earned his check. He was there week in and week out catching touchdowns, bailing Mitch out, which is, you know, a lot of people, they doubt Mitch. I don't think it's a question mark in this offense. I think Mitch just has to fine-tune things. For his second year in the NFL, there was things that he did right, things that he did wrong. But at the end of the day, he's a high-character guy. He's someone that the city of Chicago has been able to get behind. I myself was one of those doubters, you know, at the beginning. I didn't like him the first year. Uh, Mike Lennon wasn't much better, so you had to kind of rock with him since you picked him at second in the draft. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's not a question piece. It's not a question mark. It's it's whether Mitch can build on what he's been able to build on going into his third year. He was a Pro Bowl quarterback due to some injuries last year, but I honestly think that he had a he had a good season. The one thing that... I saw whether it was watching games or live in person is sometimes he just he just airmails passes. Sometimes he's overthrowing people. The accuracy is something that he can work on as well. But at the end of the day, a quarterback that can pass and run, he creates yards. And as long as you're moving the chains, whether you're running it or passing it, it doesn't matter to me. And one thing that we need to secure up, because at the end of the day, if you can move the ball, if you're not scoring touchdowns, you need a kicker. So one thing last season that we, you know, it was it was always in the media. People like White Sox, Dave, Barstool Sports, all those people were talking about it all season about Cody Parkey, and it's something that we didn't change. My thing this year is if Pinero or if Fry is not getting the job done, you got to go somewhere else. You cannot continue to let those guys sit up, take up cash on the roster. Whether you take a cap hit losing them or not, you have to cut those guys and you have to bring in someone new. It's going to be a week-in and week-out competition, I think, for the whole season. Um, the kicking game last year specifically took a huge hit across the NFL. A lot of people were missing extra points. A lot of people were missing field goals. It wasn't just prone to what the problems that we had in Chicago was. So I think as far as a kicker, 
it's probably the worst time to be a field goal kicker in the NFL. You're a couple missed field goals away from uh, not getting a check at the end of the week, and you'll be watching the games on your couch. Yeah, definitely. So I think uh, just a couple more things before we move on that I had done about training camp. Um, I like that you brought up Mitch. Um, obviously, you know, there was you see those signs of hope last year with him. Um, I thought he, I, I don't know, I thought he kind of looked iffy in practice. He still had his couple throws that were classic Mitch throws. Um, he got picked off by Eddie Jackson on just a god awful throw. So you know that's just that something that he's really going to shirt up. In the up. Air. Yeah, just it seemed like it hung up there, like he punted it. It was <laughs> it was in the air forever. Speaking, um, but speaking you know, of punting really quick, <laughs> when I saw the uh, we were talking about this after camp. It, it goes to the Giants thing. They were talking about how all their receivers got hurt, and then they showed the clip of Daniel Jones in college just punting <laughs> randomly. And I was like, the clip reads on top. They're like, Daniel Jones, when he enters his first game and sees his wide receivers, and it's just him punting. And I was like, oh, that'd be classic. <laughs> but that's, that's really that, – that Mitch throw, like, because we were there for that one. It, li- I, it, it just hung up in the air, and I was like, what is happening right now? Yeah, it was bad. It was like he was throwing them interception practice. But, uh, yeah, jumping back into it, just a couple more things um, on training camp. It was really nice out there. Olivet really puts it together well. Um, 8,300 people there on Saturday, so obviously the fans are fired up. They're ready to see the Bears. I know we were ready to see them. Probably about the same crowd on Sunday. Um, Sunday, they said, was 88. And then, yeah, so even bigger. And then uh, we seen today, I seen a video on Twitter, Harry Easton getting in, the, getting in the faces of the offensive linemen. That's kind of, you know, those are the kind of guys who need motivation like that. You know, you got to get them going. Like, you know, they have to have a good year. You got to protect Mitch. Um, and then, yeah, so I think training camp so far, it's been fun. That's what you want. It's been nice for the fans. We've had a lot of positives. Not a whole lot of negatives to report. That's what you want to see, you know. you got to hit the ground running. So uh, moving on from training camp, we're going to move into our last one of our last segments here, and it's going to be a recurring segment. We're going to do a little Bears trivia. So this week I'm going to put Brandon and Aaron through the little trivia ringer. Feel free to play along at home. Um, so we'll play. They're each going to get a couple questions here. We will see if Brandon or Aaron knows their Bears trivia better. Um, so, gentlemen, are you ready? Yes. Yeah. Yes, sir. All right. So, each question will be worth one point. Uh, the last question is, I made them. A, I made the last one a little challenging, so that one will be worth two. Um, if if you are to get it wrong, the other person is welcome to uh, jump in and steal. Um, so we're going to learn some things about the Bears here. Uh, these questions, they aren't too easy. So uh, we'll see what you guys know. Um, if you're ready, Brandon, I got you up first. All right, let's get All it. Right. The Chicago Bears has not always been the name of this team. What is the original name of the Chicago Bears? Easy money, Decatur Staley's. Decatur Staley's is correct. So there is a point for Brandon. Aaron, your first question. The 1985 Chicago Bears were loaded with talent and personality. Who was the MVP of Super Bowl Twenty? Oh, no. Oh, God. You put me on ice. I'm drawing a blank right now. I guess I'm going to throw this lob back to you, Brandon. I feel dumb. I was hoping you'd pick me up 
Hold on, let me think about it. Uh, <laughs> no searching the internet. Get off. Nah, there. nah. My hands are up. I got no hands up, bro. Hands, hands, hands up. Hands up. All right, let me think about it. 85 Bears. Um, the fridge and Jim McMahon. Um, I'm probably wrong on both, but I'll ride with the fridge. I don't know. I'm I'm probably wrong. It's not the fridge, Aaron. Do you want to venture a guess? I was born in '94, so I wasn't even alive. '90, so this is this is bad. We're gonna look that off the start here. Yeah. Oh man. Nothing. I feel I feel bad off this right now. So uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna lose out on this one and pass the Willie Willie Call. It is. He's a Hall of Famer, Richard Dent. Why? I hate to see that one. Yeah. I said I was D linemen, D linemen don't usually get a lot of love. That's why I felt weird about saying the fridge, but that does yeah, make yeah. sense. Yeah, I had I, I like one of three names was Dent, but I was like, I'm not confident in that one. <laughs> All right, jumping back to Brandon. The NFL has capped the Bears at retiring numbers. Fourteen players have their numbers retired by the Bears, and reading through this list. There are some obscure names on this list. But can you name four Bears players who have had their numbers retired along with their number? Yeah, Walter Payton, 34. Dick Buckus, 51. Mike Dicka, 89. And the sports one's going to get me. Because I honestly, I, I really don't know or don't think that Singletary's number got retired. At the end of the day, uh, and Roy Robertson Harris wearing ninety five. They've had ninety nine recently. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I won't say I got one. Nah, I'm gonna think of it. Hold on, hold on. Oh, come on, this one's got to be the easiest. Yeah, yeah there's, there's really only one more really well known one. That's why I only put it at four. So I got so I got kiss, I got Peyton, and the third one was Dicka. Dicka, yeah. Which was the most recent one? I'm gonna get crucified on Twitter for this. Yeah, the guy the guy that you're missing that I know Amp has is You actually might be surprised by the one I'm thinking. Actually there's there's two now that I think about it. So there's two now that I think about it. Oh, uh, Erlacher, 54. Brian Erlacher is not one. God damn, that's <laughs> They wouldn't even give him his $2 million, so I don't know why. Yeah, they're not going to give him his number. Well, the NFL wouldn't let him, but... Shit. Yeah, uh, I'm passing it to Pat O'Donnell. I'm going to have to punt on this one and take the loss on the point. Aaron, do you have it? George Hallis, number seven. There is one. That's not the one I thought you had. Yeah, that's can it. You, can you keep going? Uh, I know Bronco Nagurski's is retired, too, with, uh, what is what he, number? three? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Holy. Yeah. What wow. number did, one that what I number thought did anyone Sid Luckman wear? What number did Sid, Sid Luckman wear? I know. 42. That's yeah. bullshit. I was about to be like Sid Luckman. Uh, I, <laughs> I know Piccolo. Piccolo is forty-one. Um, yeah. I got to go four different than him though, because <laughs> I'll just throw Walter Payton and there's my four. Yeah, no, I think that'd be fine considering you got yeah. 
Bronco Nagurski at number three. But yeah, we'll give we'll, we'll definitely give Amp the point on that one because that was pretty impressive. Amp um, returned the punt. Yeah, I yeah I was thinking so, of I was you... thinking of Halas for the the whole time because seven like was one of my favorite numbers. Something. I thought it was like seventy five. Yeah. I didn't think it was now, seven. Now yeah. I'm gonna read through this list, and there's gonna be one name that you guys are both gonna not understand how you didn't get. So 89, Ditka. 77 is Red Grange. 66, Clyde Turner. 61, Bill George. 56, Bill Hewitt. 51, Dick Butkus. Brandon, you had that one. Uh, number five, George Mc- George McAfee. Number seven, Hallis. Uh, Amp, you had that one. Number 28, Willie Gallamy. Uh, 34, Peyton. Obviously, you got that one, Brandon. I know which one going to say. Yeah, 41, Piccolo, 42, Sid Luckman, 3, Bronco Nagurski, and the one, the big one, number 40, Gail Sayers. I knew it. As soon as you started skipping all those numbers, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be Sayers. And in my my Bears card, because I wrote multiple book reports on Gail Sayers as a child, so uh, you just hate (laughs) to see that. See, I I knew Red Grange was. He only played six years, man. (laughs) I just wasn't sure what Red Grange's number was. What a great six years, though. Yeah, imagine if yeah you you get you got Gail Sayers on a couple of the old Madden definitely drafted him every time in the fantasy draft. All right, so after that, you guys are tied up. Um, we'll jump into Aaron's second question. Aaron, this Bears player leads the franchise with ten Pro Bowl selections. Name that player. It's got to be Erlacher. I would think. Is that what you're gonna go with? Leads in, in Pro Bowl selections. Pro Bowl wasn't really that popular back in the day. It's been more of a current thing. Um, yeah, I'm going to stick with Erlacher. Brian Erlacher is incorrect. Brandon, oh, and you steal. Olin Krutz. <sighs> Olin Krutz is also incorrect. All right, correct I, answer. I wait, 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 wait. Lance Briggs. No. Damn. The correct answer is Mike Singletary. Oh, see, okay. And you know what? You got to see the dysfunction in the old Bears because his number isn't even retired. <laughs> Maybe it was still big back then. Yeah. All right. So after two rounds, you guys are tied up. Uh, Brandon, we'll jump into your third question. This player has played 245 games in a Bears uniform more than anyone else. Name him. 245 games. That's a lot of fucking games. Most yeah, hold on. Games Let me... ever played as a bear. So, 16 games. It could have been in the 14-game era, but I doubt that. Yeah, no Google. No. I'm just using math as a calcul- or cal- yeah. calculator for the math right there. Yeah. So, at least 10 <laughs> that's seasons. A, that's a shit he ton of least, games. He had at least 10 seasons plus, like... Playoffs. Plus, a lot. Plus, like, four more seasons at least. Yeah. 30, 36, 36 is 30. Yeah, so he played is what it was. But 14 seasons as a Bear? Patrick Manley. Patrick Manley is correct. Holy crap, oh, Brandon. Let's go. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Look at that. Dug that out of the top of your head. 
Yeah, no, Ace, I've been one of the big proponents of special teams' lives matter. Special teams' lives yeah. do matter. We're going to get you a shirt. You, yeah, we need to get the special teams' lives matter shirt in the ONTAP Sportsnet store. But if you can snap, if you can snap football, you can find yourself a job in the NFL. Yeah. Ron yeah, Gold owes Patrick Manley just, you know, a little bit of appreciation. Yes, All right. Does. So we'll, we'll throw it back to you, Amp. The pressure's on now as Suarez opens up a one-point lead. This franchise is built on defense. This defender leads the team with nine defensive touchdowns in his career. Who is that player? Nine defensive touchdowns. Oh. Well, in the next couple of years, that's going to change. Uh, if, uh, could be yeah, could you? Yeah, could, could be Jackson. Yeah, because what is Eddie at? Eddie's at six now this year, right? or in this last two years. I think uh, so. so yeah. Let's yeah. See. Emergency press conference when that does happen. Yeah. <laughs> you said nine, right? Yeah, nine total. It's not Tillman. I don't think nine defensive touchdowns. That's that. Shit, that could be anything. Then you're talking fumble recoveries too. Oh man. I feel like it's one of the old school players too. Yeah, I know. I, I'm, you, I'm th- you were playing. You were playing against plumbers and electricians and shit. It wasn't like the big, swole, huge NFL players that they are now. Yeah, and like that's why I'm thinking. Like I was thinking Tillman, but it's not correct because he's just going to be somebody that's been punching the ball. It doesn't mean he has them. Um, and it's it's almost most certainly not to not to you know be the phone a friend guy, but it's got to be a DB. I don't think it's a linebacker. Mm. Got anything? No, I'm gonna lob it back to you there, Brandon. Yeah, it's a tough one. So you said nine career touchdowns. Yeah, nine, nine defensive touchdowns. I was a little surprised when I seen this. I that's a lot of defensive touchdowns. Can we know how long the career was? Um, I mean, I'd have to look it up, but it was it was a pretty sizable career. I mean, to get nine, he was mm-hmm. here for a while, pretty mm-hmm. much his whole career. I'll say that. Is it Mike Brown? No. It is not Mike Brown. That's a good guess, though. You know, if, if he didn't have all those injuries, he'd probably be a, definitely be a, a runner for this one. One of my favorite all-time bears. Huge tipped interception. Oh, yeah. Day. All right. I'll, I'll give you guys one more hint. It is a it's a bear from the 2000s to now. Yeah. So it's I not, mean, it's time. not it's not it's not Tim Jennings, even though he was running it back to the house often. Yeah. He'd be another good guess. It won't, it's not him. Oh. It's not Chris Conti, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, Chris Conti. I did shed tears. Yeah, maybe for the other team. After that, right. game, I did shed tears. You got one more You got one more lob here, uh, Pat, that can help us out a little bit. We're, we're struggling I, I, for some reason. I'm just going to give it to you guys. Amp, you're going to kick yourself because you Is said it? it wasn't him about three times. Oh, it's Charles Tillman. Tillman. Damn it. And that's what threw me off. Cause, but yo, Tillman, he had, he averaged like a turnover a game. If they had war yeah. in football, Tim, you know, war has got to be like five. <laughs> yep, I'm kicking myself for that one. It's late, all right. <laughs> that's fine though. Thank Patrick. Yeah, he, couple scoop and scores. Yeah, just yeah. I was surprised. I, I didn't think he would have had nine, but it was nine for Charles Tillman. That's going to change soon. Not, my favorite yeah. moment was that interception in the end zone against Randy Moss, though. Yeah. Just took his cookies. <laughs> All right. Now, guys, for your guys' fourth question, these are 
pretty difficult. So if you can find a way to get them, they'll be worth two points. Going into it, Brandon, you're still up one. Here's your fourth question. Dave Wanstead coached the Bears from 1993 to 19... I can't read my own handwriting 98 i think that says um after leaving which team did dave wanstead coach next pit panthers you can go with the panthers i know he coached for the pit panthers and i know he coached for the miami dolphins but you said 98 was his last year most of the times when if, if my went, handwriting's right i think it is <laughs> Yeah, so I think, you know, when when they lose in the NFL, they take a digression. He's not going to get an NFL job that year, so I'm going to go uh, with the Panthers. No, we're going with the next NFL job. Oh, with the next NFL job, Miami right, Dolphins. Yeah. Miami Dolphins, then. Yeah, that is correct. And and I will say I was an attendee at, like, a 2001 or 2002 uh, Miami Dolphins camp on a vacation, so that is where Cheater. I got that's where I got that tidbit of information. It's inside information. <laughs> a little That's bit impressive, of an inside though, yeah. Guy, well, huge, huge Ricky Williams guy. Love Ricky Williams. It might have been later than that. My time frame might be off, but I do remember Wanstead being down there. Yeah, well, that is correct. So you're up four to one. Amp, this one will just be for uh, for pride now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the season standings. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Keep tabs and on that one. And yours is. Yours is a toughie as well. Um, we dug way back for this one. Can I can me can I steal it if he gets it wrong? You no. can steal it if he gets it wrong. Oh, You're gonna, it, it's going to be a challenge. Though. Standings are starting today. No preseason. Yeah, it all matters. All right. Amp question four. The Chicago Staley's won the 1921 NFL championship at Wrigley Field. Who did they defeat? Oh, man, there weren't many teams at the time. Yeah, and you had that NFL AFL merger crap going on. This is a very tough question. Because I, I mean, at the like you said, at the time they were merging, but there weren't many. So it was still, it was still, you know, one league at the time. So yeah, you're right. Um, it was pre. Yeah, I misspoke, but so it but it was NFL. Yeah, that would have been. They they were all there. Seriously, like what? Count the teams on one hand, probably, probably like, right? Probably like five, six teams. Oh man! I mean, I I don't want to say because I don't think it's correct, but I have a because I know they're one of the teams. Obviously, would be the Packers, but that's what I, I was thinking too. I mean, I bit myself for the last one with Tillman, so I might as well just throw the hail mary of the Packers up. But I think it's somebody else. But I'll throw the hail mary of the Packers up. It's not the Packers. Uh, okay. Brandon, I'll give you the opportunity to uh, to steal it. Was it? It was either. But to, all right. So my two guesses would either be the Washington Redskins or the Chicago Cardinals. I think. I think it's the Cardinals. I think. I yeah. just thought. See that. that. We'll, we'll rock. That would have been. That's. That's. We'll what rock my with the Chicago. Was. I'm rocking with the Chicago Cardinals with the joint point to give to Aaron for the lob on the assist, but. If you look back at it, I think it would probably have to be the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm thinking that now. It's a good guess. That's also not right, though. <laughs> Don't it tell is, me. It's going to kick in the nuts. The, it's the Buffalo All-Americans. Oh, okay. I would not have gotten that yeah. one. I uh, thought it was a New York team. You get on Madden. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, you got, like, all the Hall of Famers on one team, and that's who you got. <laughs> Josh Allen, quarterback. Yeah. 
I do have two extra questions left over. If either of you just want to jump jump in on them, since yeah. they're written down, we might as well use them. These won't be these won't be for points, but they'll just be for fun. Uh, who led the Bears in passing yards in two thousand five? You know that one, Brandon. Yeah. As for most passing yards in two thousand five, Grossman though, because that was that's not the same year, right? Not neckbeard because that wasn't Kyle Orton. Oh, oh, I know it's a. Brandon just texted in Brian Greasy, and he's wrong with Brian Greasy. <laughs> but for oh, the man. sake of for the sake of time, it was neckbeard. It is Kyle it Orton. Okay, Brian Greasy. Uh, no, Brian Greasy. it wasn't Brian Greasy. It's Kyle Orton. Who is on the current roster the longest tenured bear? Oh, I know this one too. I think it's Kyle Long. I know I knew this one the other day too. We had talked about it. Looks like Brandon over there's got an idea. Brandon, do you know it? Is it Sherrick McManus? It is Sherrick McManus. I want to Let's go. Hey, thank my brother, the Northwestern kid, for that one because it's it's not by yeah. much though, is it? It's like a year or so. Yeah, kind of like long, he's, pretty close. He's got to have like Sherrick McManus years. has been with them since 2012. Oh, okay, so seven years. So that oh yeah, no, that's a year because I think Long would have been drafted in 13 then. I think. Yeah, I, I want to say that's right, but yeah, he's been there. He's been there for a while. Um. But yeah, that that wraps up our uh, the first week of the Bears trivia. Brandon was a standout in that, as he uh, won that one four to one. So uh, a little tip of the tip of the cap to Brandon. Gentlemen, uh, sweet gentlemen, sweet. Yeah, and we'll get you next so, time. yeah. So when we come back next time, we'll have we'll have some more uh, Bears trivia. Um, maybe next time someone else might be uh, coming up to questions. We'll keep trying to teach you these little bears nuggets that uh, you didn't even think existed. Um, so as we wrap up the pilot episode of Bears on Tap, it's obviously been fun talking bears with you guys. Um, as we look forward to our next episode, the next episode should be a big one for us. We're going to try and uh, preview the whole season like we said uh, the fourth member of, member of our team, Alex Pekarzik, will be joining us. So we'll allow him to introduce himself a little bit on the next episode. He'll talk about his favorite bear, his favorite memory, and all that. He was unfortunately not able to join us tonight because of a vacation that he is on. It's always nice to do a little vacation in the Bears off season. you got to do something if there's no football on. Uh, but other than that... Um, that kind of starts to wrap up a very good first episode for us. Um, like we said, next week we're going to jump in. We're going to hit the we're going to hit the ground running. We're going to get you ready for football season. We're going to preview the whole schedule. We're going to toss out some predictions. We're going to hit you with a little Super Bear Super Bowl. You know it's coming. We're ready for it. So let's get ready, and we'll leave you with one last bear down. Bear down. Bear down. Go check out on Cat Sports, everybody.